Hello. <laughs> Hello. How are you? I am peach keen this morning. How are mm. you? Uh, I'm good. I'm okay. 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 <laughs> that doesn't me- sound great. It's raining. It's been raining for three days in Los Angeles. Uh, oh, and no. I don't, I don't want to drive in it again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your, your, whole, your whole thing isn't built for that, is it? Oh, no. You see, it doesn't rain here most of the year. Very famously, it doesn't, doesn't rain much in Los Angeles. <laughs> I've heard something about that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when it rains, uh, everything goes to crap. And uh, when it rains for three consecutive days, everything goes to crap more. <laughs> 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 more crap it yes. goes yeah uh but uh what does that mean exactly though what what is what what happens when things go to crap like does is it harder to drive do people drive more foolishly is it uh is it smelly like what does it mean for things to go to crap all of the above <laughs> oh no even the smelly <laughs> well not not really so much that one but uh mostly the the driving part of it um, but like if you wanted to go to a restaurant or eat food or something like that, like that's all complicated because a lot of these places are set up for accommodating indoor outdoor oh, dining. And yeah. uh you know what you don't want to do in the rain? Sit outside. Yes. Isn't it? Yes. Because you don't want to have soup when you didn't order soup. Right, exactly. Uh th- that is well, I mean, I suppose you would like it because it would then then it is nature's shower dining. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. This was supposed to be sushi, but it's sushi. Mm. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Yikes. <laughs> I'm gonna get out of here. Yikes. Yeah, that was not great. Yikes. You know, it's just it's because it's raining here and everything's just gone to crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I don't know. Is it raining here? I don't think it's raining here. It could be. It was just raining here. Um, There's supposed to be because of the. I hate these stupid, stupid weather terms. I can't. I don't know if I've ever talked about my rage for the word nor'easter, but I hate that word so much. But this isn't a nor'easter. There's a coming polar vortex, and uh, I'm barely <laughs> in the path of it. Where, from where I'm from, uh, St. Joseph, Missouri, they just got hit with a crap load of snow. They're about to get hit with more snow. But I'm in southern Missouri now, in Springfield, and so it does not get hit as much usually and once again it's like one to three inches at most of snow oh yeah we've got some dark red roads here mm-hmm. uh some orange roads some nice uh some nice tuna roads or no sorry not tuna <laughs> salmon salmon was the word i was looking for yeah, yeah. i couldn't think of it on the crimson roads salmon roads and what would you call that a nice um scarlet orange dreamsicle oh <laughs> yeah orange creamsicle um or, or also tangerine yes tangerine that's good and then a, a nice chartreuse mm-hmm. i guess those are the okay roads uh yeah see what I have sent to Micah while we were discussing this is uh, a map of Los Angeles, uh, which at 730 in the morning consists of nothing but red uh, freeways uh, because now which color is bad. No, kidding. Well, I mean, they're mostly almost all red for at least some sections of it. You would have to drive on if you were using them. Uh, and the part where I need to go, um, as Micah can see on his map, is there's a little blue pin thingy. And then there's a little blue dot thingy. And I need to yes. go from the little blue dot thingy to the little blue pin thingy. 
And uh-huh. to do that, you have to... Now, see, to... that doesn't look like much on this map, but that's because I don't have a scale. <laughs> yeah. To do that is going to be about 40 to 50 minutes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, 40 just... to 50 minutes of sitting in the car. Now, now, what kind of rain are we talking about? Because uh, rain, for me, when I say rain, I really do mean some, <laughs> mean some serious rain before I'm ever going to like talk about it, because we're used to it here. Oh, yeah. And so I'm curious, like, what, what kind of rain are you looking at? Is it going to be difficult in terms of like visibility because of the rain, or is it just because of the way that traffic is during the rain? Uh, it is primarily an infrastructure problem. Um, so okay. you, you're going to see some flooding uh, where things don't run off correctly. And, oh, no. Yeah, and uh, also the the roads that are slicked um, will also be hard to see the lines on them, even the ones with reflectors on the ground. Um, it's just not... Uh, for whatever reason, it is not as uh, clear as it would be as if you were in a state that has more rain more often, like if you're in Florida. Um, and <laughs> I, I am from Florida, where this there's... This is just a big old sponge. Yeah, like, there is driving rain that happens for like 30 minutes. You can't see a thing. You have to pull over to the side of the road and wait for it yes. to stop sometimes. Like Yes, this happens in Missouri as well. And it's uh, like going a twice in the past, like twice in too soon period of time, I've been on the highway on the way back from wherever to my uh, home here in Springfield and have had like the white knuckle horrifying i can't see anything in front of me can't see anything behind me is my car gonna hydroplane going only like 25 miles an hour on this highway or am i gonna get run over by a semi truck we'll see what happens first kind of fun so i'm what i'm saying is i am happy to hear that you have well i'm not happy to hear i'm sorry that you've experienced that kind of rain but it helps me to know that you've experienced that kind of rain so that you know you you are able to draw a comparison cuz uh one of my colleagues is from sacramento and she talks about it like being cold and has no earthly clue what cold means <laughs> but it's all relative i guess so yeah no and like i said i'm from florida so i have seen <laughs> you've seen, I have the seen rain, rain. <laughs> i have seen the rain um like th- that's I'm in no way saying that this is uh, a lot of rain for whatever region some listener might be in. This is just a lot of rain for Los Angeles uh, and the the infrastructure issues of taking care of moving that water that is falling from the sky off of the roadways uh, and also uh, letting, let's say, nervous Californian drivers who don't drive in the rain very much uh, not be horrible drivers because uh, they like to get into accidents uh, and they also they like... Love it. They, they they also super like to slow way down uh, and be too timid to merge. Um, and then you're just like, you, <laughs> you merge, please. This is not making it, you're not merging. You're halfway in my lane. Just go. It, I don't know. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. Sounds uh, like a jolly time. Yeah, it's a super duper. Uh, but It's enough to like want to make me, I would just, I would wake up, I'd see that it's raining and then I just want to stay in bed. And not go anywhere. Yeah. And the only real technology side of this complaint is that uh, if you are trying to see what the best route for you to get home is, uh, as I often do, uh, some of the routes are going to be highlighted. There are going to be uh, canyon roads, um, which you might be asking, Joe, what, what do you mean? Canyon roads take me home <laughs> to the place. That that kind of canyon road? Yes, exactly. Um <laughs> Those are country roads, but the uh, but <laughs> work with me here. Yes, yes and yes, Joe. and uh, but uh, yeah. Th- so 
to to get home last night from my office, and I'm looking at the the traffic patterns. Uh, the only routes that Google would suggest to me were three single, uh, I'm sorry, uh, two lane, single in each direction, um, winding uh, oh, canyon roads that go through the Santa Monica Mountains. Um, because there are the Santa Monica Mountains between me and my home. Um, but uh, me, me and well, my work and my home. Uh, but the that that there's no option in Google Maps to be like there's going to be mud and rocks that have fallen onto the roads in the mountains. <laughs> oh I would lot and there are only single lanes. So if someone gets into an accident or can't drive, then you are screwed. So there is no way that that is a time savings overtaking something with multiple lanes that's wide and open so uh please please don't do that when it's raining um but uh but yeah no that's that's just the only technology complaint that i can can get out of that yeah, yeah it's kind of kind of hard to squeeze one out of there mm-hmm. um i yeah um i uh, there was a fog warning this morning. Uh, Carrot Weather notified me on my Apple Watch. Hey, buddy, you go outside, you try to drive down those roads, you're not going to be able to see a thing, um, which happens more than I'd like to have it happen. I can probably, I don't know, the number of times I've been, again, traveling on the highway between two points in the state of Missouri, and the fog just, it starts out, it's like, oh, you know, just a little bit of fog, everything's going to be fine. And suddenly you're just like, into this horrible dark, well, not dark, but bright white cloud of nothingness. And you just cross your fingers and hope that a deer isn't going to appear on the road like they like to do as you're trying to traverse through this dense particle cloud of nonsense. Ah, boy, it's all so much fun. Weather is cool and fun. Yeah. (laughs) Weather and driving. You know what else is cool and fun? Uh, either Having online privacy. privacy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna be like either online privacy or or uh, AirPlay two. I was like one of these is cool and one of these is fun, and I'm not sure which one. <laughs> <laughs> good, good work. Um, so here's the deal. Apple CEO Tim Cook has pinned a little. Uh, I, I, far shorter, I thought whenever I was about to read this, this is going to take me a moment. Um, but it's just a little article in uh, Time from Tim Cook, and it's talking about – it's sort of like a pitch. Um, he, the article is entitled, You Deserve Privacy Online. Here's how you could actually get it. And so he talks about how several companies have gone to – Uh, our lawmakers, although it's kind of stupid to call them lawmakers because have they made any laws? I don't know. Not in the past 50 years. So anyway, goes, they go to the, the people, the legislative body and say, um, Hey, we would like to have, uh, better privacy protection for people's data. And, you know, that's underway. There are a bunch of comprehensive reforms, different packages being put into work, and they're working on that, blah, blah, blah. But this article is actually about uh, a very specific thing that I think is fascinating. And I'm curious about your thoughts on it. So uh, one of the things that happens, and Facebook is kind of known for being on sort of the they are a they're you know sometimes people will complain about facebook and say hey facebook they're taking my data and they're selling it no facebook doesn't sell the data that they have because keeping it is what is so profitable for facebook so facebook collects your data and then people come to facebook that want to advertise on facebook and they say hey i want to target 
18 to 24 year olds who have talked about dogs and own a razor. And because of the different things that you've done on Facebook and all of the places that Facebook has its little tentacles out into, it can find those exact people and it can target you with those advertisements. But some companies, unlike Facebook, are full on data buyers and sellers. So a company like uh, Amazon or uh, some other online retailer will get your, you know, you're purchasing data and say, okay, yeah, we're building this profile of this person, then these data brokers will buy that information. And then someone will come along who wants to market to specific individuals. And so they will buy the data from those brokers. What Tim Cook is proposing is that Americans should have access to see where their data is going through those data brokers and be able to correct it if they choose, be able to see what it is, be able to delete it if they choose, all easily and online. I think it is quite the um, quite the task and quite the hurdle, but I think it would be, you know, I, I'm mostly cynical about it because I like, wow, that'd be quite the thing to do. But if it could happen, I think it'd be really good. Uh, most people probably wouldn't use it. I understand that. A lot of people aren't going to go online uh, and figure out how to get their data. But right now, as you know, Cook notes in this article, these data brokers are kind of existing in the shadows, if you will, where there's not a whole lot of attention being paid to these companies. And I guarantee if I went to my mom today and said, hey, ma, uh, did you know that every time you buy something online from these different retailers, there's a company out there that's buying your buying data. I don't think that she would know that there's, you know, maybe she would know that, oh, well, yeah, if I buy from a site, that site's going to track me. But to know that there's actually another company out there that's collecting that data and repackaging it and selling it, that is that would be news to her, I believe. Uh, And I think that, yeah, we should pay more attention to this. So I'm curious, uh, Joe, did you get a chance to read this short little ditty? Yeah, I did. Um, (laughs) First thought, why is this in Time Magazine? Uh, now I know that time has an internet presence technically, but who's browsing <laughs> time? I, I don't know. Uh, so it's one of those really strange things. Cause then it's like, okay, so you're just counting on the proliferation of this via social media, which is the, the, one of the tracking things that you rail against. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> like, uh, I have, I have some weird thoughts because I, I like Tim's motivation, um, I'm not sure I specifically agree with the data broker plan uh, just because I'm not sure I have that level of faith in a, in a federal digital effort. Um, Okay. Not because I don't want such a thing, but just I'm concerned about the construction and uh, uh, maintenance of this thing. Cause if you're going Mm -hmm. to make this data broker, um, and it's going to have your information where you can see where it's going, where it's coming from, Ooh, yeah. edit and delete it, um, in a centralized place. It makes a very appealing target. And, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of federal databases get compromised, um, <laughs> on a f- frequent basis. 
so it would make a very tempting target to be able to get data on many people in a centralized location rather than um, knocking over individual uh, shadowy entities that we don't know about. Uh, that's not to say that maybe, it, you know, this could be better because uh, at least this way you would know if there was a data breach of somebody who had your data. Because right now with those shadow brokers, they don't have to disclose that your data went anywhere because you're not their customer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there there is a lot of stuff uh, where these companies might feel like they don't need to, uh, they wouldn't need to disclose if uh, the information has been so-called... Um, uh, uh, de-identified, um, where they, they claim to have e- anonymized this data to some degree, even though uh, you can uh, correlate this with other pieces of data in order to to build a full profile of a person. Um, you know, then they w- also wouldn't feel the need to disclose anything because your name is not specifically mentioned. But uh, yeah, like it's one of those things where it's just like, I, I'm not sure I can envision the execution of this in a competent way but maybe that's because we are on the third week of a government shutdown at this point with a government that has not shown a very skillful um uh mastery of uh, of internet savvy uh stuff beyond um being able to post typos on twitter uh <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's I, that's my own cynicism that I'm bringing to this. Again, I I like Tim's sentiment behind all of this, um, mm-hmm. and I do like that he's going to the people to make an appeal. But uh, I question the venue, and I question um, the lack of specifics. And it might be best to approach uh, senators and more directly lobby them in regards to uh, trying to communicate this directly, um, since I'm not confident going to the American people through time is, uh, is building the, the, the case that will, that will get him what he's, what he's after. Yeah. I'm kind of curious about the methodology there too, unless it's just like, (laughs) I hate to be this cynical, but is it just like, this whole data broker idea is already part of the process and he just wants Apple to be able to claim credit for like coming up with that part of the idea. Uh, because yeah, there are like there, there are laws being worked on and reform taking place right now that's being discussed. And so if that's already underway, why does he need to have this article here as well? And that does make me wonder, okay, so what's up here, bud? Are you just uh, wanting to say, um, yeah, that part, that was Apple's idea because he's like really proud of it or something? I don't know. Um, well, I'm, whatever. Go ahead. Oh, par- part of it, you know, I and I don't want to be this level of cynical, um, but there is a part of this where there is a... Uh, a, a, a Part part of Apple's identity as a brand um, to separate it from other brands um, at this point is is privacy, mm, um, and mm-hmm, that's true. You could be really extremely cynical and say like he's saying this without any actual plans because he just wants to get in everyone's brain that uh, Apple is concerned about privacy while other people are not. Um, and that's not necessarily not true. It's just it, it uh, is just a different different way of looking at it. Again, I don't want to be like super duper cynical, but that's I mean certainly something you could say. Yeah, I guess 
even if that's the case, like one of the things that Apple certainly does do, because um, you're right, they do want to make it clear that privacy, privacy, privacy is a big thing. But I think by being, you know, this very powerful company, this very popular company and uh, championing privacy, it works well. It works in everyone's favor because other companies follow suit or feel pressured to follow suit. Uh, and so even, you know, even if that is sort of the thing to say like, oh, yeah, we're so great because we're about privacy, it still gets other companies talking about privacy, too. And it gets them, you know, if if they can't talk about privacy because they're not doing a good job of it, then uh they have to sort of look at that and say, oh, boy, we see now, you know, it's all those like data nerds that know that the if you hashtag things with uh, cat dog, then you're going to get 50 percent more viewers uh, and three more likes. And so it's the same people that are going, yes, um, our data is in and we see that if you talk about privacy, then more people will buy your product. So we need to get onto that. Uh, and so I think that, you know, that that in and of itself is a good service that they're providing, even if it's uh, even if there's some cynicism there. Yeah. Uh, which I think is totally fair. Yeah, no, I, and um, I don't see a downside to him publishing this. Uh, no. It, it, like, there's, there's nothing bad that's going to happen because he published this. Um, so, it's just in the the level of cynicism is just about, like, well, what's gonna, like, happen because of it. Um, but, uh, like you said, um, it does... Uh, put pressure um, on others in the area. Um, however, we've seen a willingness um, on the part of certain technology CEOs to say that they are very concerned about privacy and transparency, which is why they make uh, privacy options available to you through the 14th level of a preferences pane that you don't know exists. Um, but uh, it's, 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 it's certainly, uh, it certainly puts a little more pressure on them than not saying anything. Um, one thing that I think was interesting was that, uh, Nile Patel, um, who I don't always almost ever agree with on yeah. many things, uh, yeah. uh, he, he had tweeted, uh, that, uh, uh, he tweeted a link to the timepiece and then he had tweeted a screenshot of the, uh, top apps in the app store and the top apps are all, um, Social services, uh, so, uh, social networking service. <laughs> no, we don't have social services. Um, so they're all social networking services that uh, uh, are contracting with these these data brokers um, that Tim Cook is railing against. Uh, and yeah, I was trying to understand. I thank you because I was like, what is? I don't understand what he's saying. Well, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, because like the what was it? The number one app was Netflix, um, which does some tracking. I don't know if they sell anything. Um, but the the other ones are, of course, Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and TikTok and et cetera. Um, and so they all are participating in um, this this economy of of user data. Uh, and so I, I get what he's get, I get I get what he's trying to say there that Apple um, per, permits these kinds of applications that use these services on its platform. So perhaps the best place for Apple to look for um, uh, making improvements might not be at the federal level, but might be in app store policy. Um, but I don't know. Um, that seems to be a weird cat and mouse game that Apple likes to play. Not a, not a cat dog and mouse game, but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a weird cat and mouse game that Apple likes to play where they 
some company comes up with some new way to fingerprint and identify uh, iPhones and Apple says, nope, can't do that anymore. And they just block it behind the scenes. Uh, uh, but, you know, they can still track IP addresses and they uh, can still um, set session cookies with your login that go across multiple services, blah, 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 blah. Um, blah, blah. <laughs> so, blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, no, the, they, they don't, they, they, I, I wonder if part of the reason to go to the American people, um, and to make that case is because that way you don't need to be the person who changes the app store policy that makes Instagram go away. Because if you did that, um, then everyone would be mad at Apple because, uh, they they made they made the 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 social fun social networking site where you can see thirst traps uh, and nothing but ten year <laughs> challenges disappear. Um, oh my lord! <laughs> people need to stop it. I get it. Have you seen their cynicism about that now? Uh, what about the ten year challenge? What is what is that? It was cynicism. The, like I, I I just feel like maybe maybe the ten years has gone on too long, but. Uh, oh no, not no. that. It's uh no, not that kind of like that's I I understand that. The mm-hmm. cynicism is um that that was created or the argument is that it's dangerous to post a 10-year challenge because essentially what you're doing is giving um AI devices or like AI computers giving machine learning computers the ability to uh, see how you age and then use that algorithmically to determine how humans age so that you could like track somebody even after after they've aged a certain point. And it's like, oh my God, that seems a little tinfoil hatty to me. Like I understand what's being said there and I get it, but can we just chill and like be okay with just fun internet things sometimes? <sighs> well, also that doesn't make any sense <sighs> because your your photos are already on the internet, dum dum. You're uploading them. Like why? Why? Yeah. Why, it's supposed why to be just like matter? this is an easy way for folks to get, uh, you know, for for somebody to drop that data into a. Um, hold on, let me. I've I've got the news app here on macOS, <laughs> uh, and I just got a just d- notification earlier today about this. Uh, let's see. Just tell me the flimsy publication that ran with this. That's all. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to find here. (laughs) Business Insider is it? (laughs) Oh boy. Um, but right, like your photos are already all online. So if somebody wanted to do that very easily, then they could. I think the argument here is that now uh, a scientist who does, like a researcher who does uh, machine learning stuff, they can find that hashtag, whatever it is, 10-year challenge, whatever, um, and use that to create a data set of like human aging. And I think, like, I get that argument. I understand what's being said there. But I I just, like, everything is that. (laughs) Everything is an opportunity to turn it into uh, some sort of, horrible internet thing and <laughs> I, or you, you know like to give give data to uh some somebody and for them to use it poorly yeah. but it, like it started out on twitter i saw somebody tweeting about it and it was like 10 years ago before i knew about uh about how people are using um machine learning i totally would have been a part of that 10-year challenge but these days no here we go it was on recode um 
Oh, no, it was Wired. Oh, I guess it's, it was on Facebook first before it was ever on. I don't have Facebook anymore. I we, think mine's we, officially we need, been deleted now. We need a, a, a clearinghouse where we can find <laughs> the, original the original source. Yeah. <laughs> so Wired's article here, Facebook's 10-year challenge is just a harmless meme, right? If you use social media, you've probably noticed a trend across Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter of people posting their then and now profile pictures, mostly from 10 years ago and this year. Instead of joining in, I posted the following semi-sarcastic tweet, and this is the tweet I was talking about. Me, 10 years ago, probably would have played along with the profile picture aging meme going around on Facebook and Instagram. Me now ponders how all this data could be mined to train facial recognition algorithms on age progression and age recognition. So I think that uh, the original tweet, which was from Kate O'Neill, was not like, oh, God, this is the end of the world. Don't do it. But that's what it's being turned into. So uh, completely OK. What, what Kate was saying It's just like, I uh, what am I doing now? I'm pondering how this data could be used. Good. Ponder. That's a good thing to do. But people, you know, from there are like, oh, God, this is bad. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Um, and so it just kind of makes me I don't know. It's kind of makes me. uh sad that we just can't ever let anything just be just be fun yeah well but that's the i guess that's the point that's the internet's thing isn't it yeah it's like oh no we can blow this up um but uh (laughs) yeah i don't know if you saw the the other day um there was a a bbc thing about the dumb gillette razor whatever thing and it's like backlash (sighs) over blah 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 and the guy like walks through and he's like this is this one tweet with this guy who has 18 followers and they found that so that they could run this piece. And so now you've turned, you've manufactured uh, larger outrage out of something that was Oh my God, nothing. I love that. Yeah. And, Good for whoever, who who said that? Oh, uh, like me, it was on the news that they said it? Uh, no, it was just someone on Twitter uh, who walked oh, you gotcha. through. Let me see. Uh, Agri Ismail um, at A9RI. Um, which, okay. you know, is like elite way of saying I agree. But um, yeah, so his tweet from the other day is uh, it, he has a thread where he just walks you through like, yeah, so I investigated where the source of this blah, blah, blah came from. And like, it turns out that's this person with 18 followers. And this is how, you know, people are able to manufacture um, such outrage at the drop of a hat is like you just go find one person on twitter doesn't matter who it is how important they are how many people are paying attention to them you just twitter search for them you find them you get their viewpoint and you run an article that's going to get you your clicks it's going to get you your business for the day um and i have to say that there there is you know I've, i've certainly seen this where it's just like people are talking about this or you know why aren't people doing this or the backlash over blah 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 and it's like okay so where where is this coming from and it's like oh it's it's like a handful of people but it blows up very quickly into a huge thing especially if you are bbc news um maybe you should you know have a little bit more of a refined um approach to selecting these things uh but uh but yeah that's uh, I, I think this wired thing or any of the stuff that spiraled out of control about this is bunk because that you are already uploading your photos um, that have a time and date on them, um, either mm-hmm. directly in the image or uh, in metadata on the page where the image is hosted um, or sometimes even in the URL, depending on what service you're using. Uh, and so all of this data can be easily scraped uh, and you could easily 
build uh, an aging overtime profile with that stuff. And it would give you a more refined uh, look at someone's progression over the years rather than just two images side by side in the same uh, in the same file um, with uh, OCR burn-ins maybe uh, over what year or no no mention of which one is the old one and which one's the new one. Um, so yeah, you could use AI to do something with a 10-year challenge, but you could also use AI on any other photo you upload. So if you make <laughs> the decision to upload any photo um, or several photos, which nearly everyone does then you are just as at risk um uh if not more than doing this 10-year challenge uh but to circle back i think the 10-year challenge has has stopped just it's fine if you haven't posted yours yet and you're gonna just wait next year maybe (laughs) just 2020 is gonna be 2020 is gonna be exciting because it's 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 two two numbers repeated so you're you're totally wanting to post it then so do it you, you, yes, so you've heard it here. If you have not yet posted your 10-year challenge daily, then it's too late. You may not post it now. If you post it, then you have to give up your internet ticket. Mm-hmm. And you got to get off the internet for all of time. Yes, all of Time Magazine. Um. <laughs> all of time. You have to read Time Magazine. And when you finish <laughs> reading... 20 uh, issues of Time Magazine and take a quiz to prove that you did indeed read them, <laughs> then you get your ticket back to the internet. So if you want to be bored by having to read Time Magazine, then go ahead and post your 10-year challenge photos. Otherwise, cut it out. Yeah, Love, Joe Rosensteel. <laughs> my op-ed in Time Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's also a weird thing about putting it in Time Magazine. It's like, Time Magazine page is full of trackers. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I really think, like, that's just, it was just, like, it goes to business people. Yeah. Because I try to think of, like, who reads Time Magazine? Certainly not me. And I guess business people read Time Magazine? I don't even know. Who reads Time Magazine? Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> would have been fun. He should have put it in Parade. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, the, the, uh, the privacy thing is probably a good point to pivot to, uh, something else. Privacy it, pivot. Privacy pivot, um, which not different from, uh, a private's pivot, but, uh, the, the privacy pivot here is to CES, uh, and, uh, specifically there was a huge shocking surprise that, uh, Samsung announced that they would have an iTunes app, um, or something that will be similarly similarly enabled and functional um to Mm -hmm. see your itunes purchases and rentals and to make itunes purchases and rentals um and that uh they would also have airplay 2 support and then over the following days uh other tv manufacturers step forward to say that they would have airplay 2 support and home kit support um and uh samsung doesn't have home kit support which is you know, I don't know, par for the course for Apple living room technology where there isn't one, one thing that does all the stuff. You have to have like multiple <laughs> stuff broken out over many things. But, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, uh, that was a surprising thing. And, uh, the privacy angle of that was, uh, I saw a lot of people running around like chickens with their heads cut off because, mm-hmm. uh, they are freaking out that these, uh, disreputable, um, consumer electronics companies that make t- TV manufacturing sets uh, that uh, <sighs> subsidize the sale of these TV manufacturing sets through 
through content tracking are going to be able to to track your stuff and that Apple is going to stop making an Apple TV product and that you're going to have to use it through this company that's going to track you. And I don't think a lot of people really thought any of this through. So no. um, I, w- no. I would like to correct a couple privacy concerns that people have. Number I'm one. worried about your privacy. <laughs> yes, Joe, I'm going to sit back. This is where I take a sip of, of tea and blow on my bubble pipe, and I just listen. I just uh, let you educate the masses. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, no, the the, the Apple, uh, Apple, Apple TV as a hardware device is very trackable because it plugs into a television set, and any modern smart TV can use content ID on anything that is plugged into it to determine what it is that you have plugged in. Um, and uh, they can fingerprint it just like you can Shazam a song. Um, and so they can uh, build a database of what you are watching in order to sell ads um, and to bundle that data with those shadowy brokers. Um, so uh, Apple has apparently made part of the deal with these manufacturers that there will be no tracking for AirPlay 2. Uh, streams um, and that there will be no tracking for the iTunes stuff inside of the Samsung TVs. And this is a, a big deal because, like I said, your Apple TV hardware can't even guarantee that. Uh, so that is a good thing. Um, but people are still freaking out because they just don't understand how the industry works. Uh, they they just assume that uh, Apple is a magic privacy uh, bubble where any <laughs> Apple product is protected for forever. But uh, that is not the case. Um, yeah, even, I mean, just going back to CES really quickly, like that, um, that billboard deal that Apple hilariously put on a Marriott, uh, hotel that said (laughs) what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone. And the fact is most of us are using apps like Instagram and Twitter and others that are constantly tracking what we're doing and what we're tapping on and what we're, you know what I mean? Like the iPhone is only... Any Apple product is only a privacy bubble so long as you don't have any services on it that can uh, can get through said bubble because you are putting your data into those places. Yeah, and uh, anything you watch via via streaming service is also tracked by that company, uh, and they can build whatever profile against you that they want. If you are streaming stuff from CBS All Access. Um, they know exactly what you are streaming and they, they can know that, uh, unlike cable because not all of CBS all access programming is delivered to your house. Um, so when you're requesting a file and getting the file, um, and sending packets back and forth about, uh, requests for new chunks of the media file, um, they can determine exactly how far you are watching something and, and how interested you are in such and such a show. And they can build a profile against that, um, so, no, Apple stuff is not a magic thing that protects you. It's not a shield um, that that prohibits all all tracking from occurring. But um, it is worth having these privacy discussions because mm-hmm. it, I think it highlights the fact that a lot of people uh, don't realize what exactly the content recognition stuff is doing on TV sets um, and uh, what TV sets... Um, might have a euphemistic name for opting into their content ID tracking. Can you give an example of that, please? Um, I know that on some sets, uh, like the the ones that are Roku enabled, there is a uh, a recommendation offering that that's like, oh, please uh, use our recommendation system. You just need to opt into this thing, and they don't really like 
give you the fine print detail that opting into the recommendation engine means they need to fingerprint the content because otherwise they have no idea how to recommend anything to you. Um, huh. Like they're not they're, the recommendation system is not like uh, the, the blockbuster video store where there's a wall of employee selections. Like this is a content <laughs> recommendation system based on things you are watching. So they are IDing what you are watching um, when you when you uh, you opt into that. Uh, but uh, some people might not be aware of that because it's euphemistically like, oh, I, I would like to have things recommended to me. That sounds great. Um, and uh, there was a, a an interview recently that Nile did with uh, the CTO of uh, Vizio TVs, um, a very popular um, uh, low cost TV company, uh, and that that uh, piece apparently um, struck people a certain way because they were like, oh my god, these TVs would cost more if they. They they sold dumb TVs because they wouldn't be able to do the tracking. Oh my god! And it's like yes, yes, this has been happening for literally years. Um, and Vizio was in trouble last year. Uh, there was a settlement for two point two million dollars with the the uh, was it the FTC or the FCC? Um, for uh, I think it was FCC for probably yeah for uh their 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 uh, uh use of consumer data. Um, that wasn't disclosed. So now the CTO is like, we, we care a lot about transparency and blah, 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 blah in this <laughs> interview. And so it is going back to like, I guess the Tim Cook thing it is very important to highlight this stuff because not a lot of people realize it. It's just that when we highlight this stuff, we also need to make sure we have a realistic understanding of the ways in which we are tracked. Um, and it's not just that, uh, you, you buy a cheap TV and it tracks you like there are, there are avenues of tracking somebody, um, beyond just the TV set. Um, and that, uh, it is a good thing that Apple has made these arrangements to protect these content streams, um, either from airplay to, uh, from your, your iOS device, um, or mirroring with your, your MacBook, um, which is just hilarious to me. Uh, but, uh, it would be good, I think, to read, to be able to read exactly like what those, what those rules are, because you know what I mean? Like, it's so easy to say, uh, there will be no tracking of iTunes. Like, we won't give access to Samsung to track iTunes watches. Uh, but is that the same as saying Samsung doesn't have the ability to um, view what's happening on the screen and then use that to track? You know what I mean? Like, could could there possibly be a way that they are... Uh, they're not allowing Samsung to stick its hand into the fishbowl, but... The fishbowl is clear, and you can still see into the fishbowl to see what's going on. And I wonder if there's some weirdness there, possibly, or if this is like a full. No, you can't see any of it. We put a a sheet around the fishbowl that you can't see through. Yeah, uh, and some of this isn't oh, Apple's arrangement here has as as uh, it's not without money changing hands apparently uh michael gartenberg uh, an analyst and former uh apple marketing guy um has said that money has changed hands in order to uh allow for some of these things uh if, interesting here's his 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 tweet a friendly source told me money is indeed changing hands between apple and at least some of the tv vendors named at ces but asked me not to share any more details hmm. mm-hmm 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 
Ja. So yeah. it's <laughs> it's it's it, that's that's interesting to me because uh, it makes it a little more clear what's in it for these TV manufacturers because they just want money. Um, yeah, they're poor. <laughs> they they want money, and they have they have uh they exist in a commodity market where <laughs> margins are incredibly low because uh there's just nobody wants to pay money for the TVs. They want to buy a TV that's on sale, so they feel like they're getting a deal. So TVs are constantly on sale, and uh even when they're not on sale, they don't cost that much money. Um, and uh. That's that's just because nobody's nobody's willing to shell it out. They'll be like, I want the best thing I can get for a thousand dollars. I want the best thing I can get for fifteen hundred dollars, and they'll just set like a price point arbitrarily, um, uh, or they'll pick out something that has a feature, and then they'll be like, oh well, this one has one more thing, but it costs this much more money, and it's like, no, nope, I'm gonna go with the one that has that that one thing, uh, <laughs> and you get uh, things like in, incentives in stores, like where. Best Buy employees will 100% guide you to whoever is paying them some commission bonus um, for selling mm-hmm. units. Just like at Verizon stores, they will guide you to uh, Samsung phones if Samsung's paying. Um, so that that is that is definitely something that happens. Uh, and I've seen some speculation... Well, not speculation. I've seen a couple people, uh, notably John Gruber, say uh, Apple has a history of getting into low-margin businesses and uh, revitalizing them, and so maybe they should make an Apple TV. Um, and this is something that John Gruber had said in regards to the uh, the, the 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 Vizio T- CTO interview. It's like, oh, this is so icky. Um, uh, and Apple Apple should do this. Uh, Apple should make a TV set. Apple should not make a TV set um, <laughs> because there's just there's just no way. The whole reason why Apple is making these deals with these companies is because they're launching a video service and they want it to be widely exactly. available. Yep. Yeah, if, they don't. Have to, yeah, no, that's not where they're. They, I, it doesn't make sense to me either. I'm, it's very clearly. Uh, right now, I think that Apple sort of has its its hardware situation figured out, and it is paying quite a bit of attention to services uh, for that reason, and is looking at ways to make money in those areas. And if this video services you know thing is going to be big, then yeah, they want to make it so that it's easily available on as many places as possible. And same goes for having Apple Music available. Like it's all, it's it's all the what is it? The proof is in the pudding. Is that how that goes? It's all there for people to see. And I don't think that anything points to any sort of logical situation where Apple makes a TV. Because why would they spend the R and D to make a television when they can just put that thing that they're making on? a bunch of different televisions as well as the overpriced boxes that they have that they're making plenty of head on anyway head um yeah they, yeah they, uh, i regret that too yep. <laughs> i think you said it but uh the, the, the uh also um something that's not said in that kind of speculation is that apple does not manufacture panels um apple buys panels from samsung or lg uh or both um and when they buy those panels uh, LG and Samsung still use them in their own phones. Uh, and in the TV industry, uh, if you are going to buy an identical panel to another manufacturer and have a higher price than they are, then you're crazy. Because uh, that's one of the things that cannibalized uh, Sony's television profits when um, the they made partnerships with, I think it was Toshiba at first, and then Panasonic, to, uh, and then eventually LG to make... Uh, 
panels uh, to partner on the the cost of developing these panels and manufacturing them. And it's like, oh, what a great short-term cost-saving measure, except now you're using the same thing in both of these, and the Sony one costs more money than the the LG one. Um, And uh, so customers aren't going to care about uh, the the Bravia Emotion Engine 3, whatever, that's driving the color blah, 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 sharpness (laughs) thing. Like they're they're going to go with the the almost nearly identical panel for brightness and contrast ratio, uh, and is less money, um, and so there's no reason why Apple would get into this market. And uh, if you are someone who is uh, fretting over Apple's uh, quarter one guidance um, correction, where you're like, oh my god, they're 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 charging too much for these phones, then how could you possibly recommend that they get into Television exactly because there's just no no way that they would make money uh selling these things at all uh there's just zero chance but uh that is neither here nor there the the important thing really is just that they apple has made a very professional decision that they were going to be making a service and not a feature of the apple tv because if they had just made a feature of the apple tv then you're not going to see a dramatic uptick in $180 Apple TV sales. Um, and they, the Apple TV even costs, it costs even more overseas and has, um, uh, a lower adoption rate than in North America. Uh, so <sighs> it's, it's, it would be just like a total waste of everyone's time and money. Um, you're, you wouldn't be able to, uh, cause part, part of the thing that, that's not said in this is Apple is paying these, people to make tv shows uh for them and that's on the assumption that someone's going to be able to see these tv shows and that they may get awards from people seeing these tv shows and if you if you were to turn around and be like no this content is exclusive to apple tv customers uh the third or fourth depending on how you um look at it in north america um uh ranking uh uh set top streaming box thing then uh, behind roku behind um uh I mean, they're, I think they're third now because the uh, Google Chromecast has dropped to fourth, but they're, they're, uh, they're still behind Fire TV and, um, uh, Roku by an enormous margin. Um, hmm. Fire TV, uh, the, the executive in charge of that has recently said that they have 30 million devices active, um, which is a lot. Uh, and it's easy to see how when they were selling them for like 30 bucks, uh, right before Christmas. Um, and Roku similarly has pursued uh, an aggressive campaign to have their their software embedded on TVs on every television ever. Yeah. yeah. So uh, and Fire TV, there are Fire TV TVs um, that exist, but they're not uh, as widely deployed as their their sticks of various varieties. Um, and uh, so Apple is trailing these guys, trailing just. They're, they're they're like it would be ridiculous. It's embarrassing. Yeah, you, you would not be able like if you premiered something and you were just like, oh, this is our niche premiere video streaming platform, and it has this Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon show on it, and it's like, okay, great, no one can watch it. Um, it's not going to get any awards. No one's going to see it. Uh, congratulations, everyone. But because they decided to make it widely, uh, they they decided to make it easy to watch this in your living room. Um, or easy enough. There's some debate. Uh, I don't love AirPlay 2 playback controls, but um, uh, the, the because they've made this accessible, then it's a service that has a genuine chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I I really like in this in this area. I don't have much to to add here. Um, I I think that uh, having it available for more people is just it's a good thing. And you know if um, if we see some really fascinating content, then that's awesome. I just I'm really bad about talking about tv stuff because i don't watch a whole lot of tv and so most of the time i'm just like does it have netflix okay we're good (laughs) yeah well i i i I don't watch a lot of tv because of time constraints uh but i do read a lot about the machiavellian behind the scenes stuff about making the tv (laughs) it's almost a netflix series in and of itself Uh, man that would be pretty interesting i just don't think they would i don't think um, Hollywood could make a series about itself that would be as brutally honest about how stupid um, some of this stuff is, uh, because there's a lot of it that boils down to vanity and incompetence. Um, like there was recently a piece in the New York Times uh, this morning about uh, the the descent of uh, Paramount, um, and it, it basically being executives that drove it into the ground. But uh, I, I just don't think that executives would greenlight something as as disastrous about themselves but uh it's interesting that you mentioned netflix because a big story recently is that netflix is raising prices Mm -hmm. uh biggest price hike ever and they're also going to um be uh removing uh the ability to subscribe for new subscribers to subscribe using itunes uh as a payment method Mm -hmm. um and that means that if you are currently subscribed to netflix with itunes you're fine. But if you uh, stop your plan for a month or whatever, then you're going to have to sign up directly with Netflix and pay them. Um, and this is an interesting move because uh, Netflix was famous for a long time for being very accessible, very very easy to get into. Uh, they wanted to make it as easy as possible to get at their stuff. And now Netflix feels like they're in a position where uh, they have built up enough momentum that you're going to go through the hoop of going to a website to sign up um that it is that it is worth it uh and that way they don't have to pay apple a cut of that um and uh while it is inconvenient um and there are dumb things about that like uh you can't um a a a person that wants to have you pay for a service cannot advertise that you can pay for that service on the website um this has been true for a long time for amazon digital products for Kindle or for uh, Prime Video, where they can't make it clear how you can watch something <laughs> if you if you can't pay them. Like uh, it, it is is interesting how Apple has has done that, and uh, they've there are very many weird, awkward, worded ways about how to go around doing it. Um, and Apple has its reasons, uh, but. Uh, I think this this is really an interesting thing to highlight, uh, and especially since Apple is getting into the the uh, digital content game, um, it's also worth noting that uh, not only is Netflix pulling out of uh, iTunes payments, but they had never been in the TV app platform, um, yeah. and they're still not gonna. So I'm curious to keep an eye on that relationship between Netflix and Apple because it seems to be deteriorating. Uh, and, uh, I don't know, I don't know how much of it is 
Netflix fearing competition from Apple necessarily, as much as Netflix trying to protect revenue uh, that it that it that it has, uh, because it's also spending an enormous amount of money on content production. Exactly, so much money. It's it's wild. Whenever they, it's like at the end of the year, they talk about, oh yeah, we spent this <laughs> ridiculous amount of money, but good stuff that's uh, coming out of it. Yeah. Well, they have. They're on track, I think, to, for like 90 original uh, movies and documentary films this year. Um, that's not including TV shows, uh, just just films. Um, and uh, you'll be like, wow, that sounds like a lot. I can't wait to watch all 90 of those. And the answer is you're not going to. Um, you're not even going to know most of these exist. Uh, they, exactly. They are going to go into the content bucket um, to build up the library for when more movie studios pull more stuff off of netflix uh and then someday down the road you'll be like oh i didn't know that netflix made this show in 2019 or it'll be recommended to you then at that point to go watch that uh so it's it is it is a fascinating business that they are in and in related streaming news uh uh comcast um has announced that they at their nbc universal subsidiary is going to have their own streaming service um, for NBC stuff. And this is interesting because it's going to be a direct competitor to Hulu, but they're still partners in Hulu. They have a 30% stake in Hulu. They're, they're on the board at Hulu. Um, so they, but they want to sell that to Disney, but it's, it's so odd. It's very, it's very weird. Especially if you read the comments from the NBC guys, it seems like they want a lot of money for their stake. Uh, of the company and they do want to sell it to Disney because they don't want to be in partnership with Disney, but they want money. Um, and it seems that Disney either doesn't have the money to pay them because they've been acquiring so many other things like Fox or they, uh, don't want to pay what they don't feel like Hulu is worth what Netflix is asking for, which creates an interesting tension. Um, so I would, I, I, I would like to keep an eye on that because it, it, uh, Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, has talked about how he wants to, you know, basically like open that up into being like a global thing and not just like a North American like place for broadcasters to redistribute shows the day after they air. Um, uh, and, uh, I've, you know, Jason Snell has speculated that uh, he sees Hulu as being like the brand that they would dump all of their uh, adult fare into. Yeah. Um, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. Because that way they don't have to put it on Disney Plus and then have angry parents going you know why why did you let my why kid is watch my kid watching yeah, yeah some show that says a curse word or something <laughs> my kid's watching the handmaid's tale and i don't think that's appropriate <laughs> and i thought this was a disney channel and it's like uh, <laughs> I, mean, I actually have a, a, a an aunt who is kind of like that where she was like i took my kids to see um this this disney movie and it just was not wholesome at all and i was so surprised and it's like well what was the rating on that and it was like oh it was pg and they're they're like four and i'm like okay well oh my god well there's your problem yeah I was like this is a rating system you use the rating system but uh it, 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 there, there's just this expectation that disney stuff always equals yeah if it's got disney it's yeah. it's just it's for everyone yeah so but uh but anyway the uh the nbc stuff is interesting because they're going to be competing against something that they have a 30 percent stake in that they want to get rid of but won't be getting rid of until they get money for it. So uh, that's bizarre. Um, their service is also going to be one of the last to launch because it's going to launch after the Warner service, after the Apple service, um, and, and it's going to be in 2020 that they're they're scheduling their their premiere of that. 
Uh, Good luck. And they're going to have a catalog of shows. Um, I don't know if you were familiar with the with the the shows that Mike Schur makes um, for yes. NBC. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with The Office. But, <laughs> Never heard of that one. Yeah, uh, but I have heard of a few of the others. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What if? What if hypothetically, uh, The Office was pulled off of Netflix uh, and only available for streaming on NBC Universal's streaming service in 2020? That that I, that would make me sad for people who are just now getting into the show. But I own every episode of The Office, so it's not an issue for me. But it would again, it would make me sad for folks who like new people who are just now learning about the office who are getting into it and loving it. Um, it would make me sad if they couldn't get access to it. Yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, but that is going to probably be a bouncing game that NBC is going to play just like Warner played with, with friends and Netflix where it's like, is it worth more to ha- have, <laughs> have <laughs> friends on the service and collect that paycheck, that fat paycheck, or is it going to be worth more for us to put it on our service? Uh, but NBC is going to be in a different situation than Warner because uh, NBC uh, Universal is going to be bundling this service uh, for anyone who has anyone who's paying for a cable bill from Comcast and other competing. uh, Well, not competing because no cable companies are in direct competition in most markets, but um, the any other neighboring cable company will be able to uh, authorize kind of like with single sign on or something like that, where you'd be able to authorize that NBC universal uh, streaming. You'll get the NBC universal streaming service for free. If you're already paying for your 80 to $160 um, cable bill, uh, that deal hasn't been worked out with the other ones, but it's a sure thing for Comcast. And then they're also going to have uh, a pay tier for people who are not, uh, subscribing to TV, and that's going to be $13 a month, um, which is a lot, relatively speaking, considering... Uh, For one network stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's also going to have ads, even when you do that. And there's going to be an, ad- <laughs> an additional tier for either the, the people who are getting it uh, as part of a bundle with their cable, uh, or an additional tier for people who are paying for it separately, where they can pay for a version that doesn't have ads similar to how cbs all access you can pay for a version that doesn't have ads or with hulu good lord so they they're they're going to be doing that that stuff so it's 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 a it's quite a hefty chunk of change um and it's done in a way that tries to protect uh its existing business uh so it's it's going to be fascinating to watch how that all unravel well i was gonna say unravels but it rolls out um because I don't know. I don't know how many people are going to be interested in it. Um, but I do know because of the fact that it's going to go to people who already have cable service, that it's going to give them huge leverage um, yeah. with mm-hmm. uh, advertisers and stuff like that, where they can be like, well, we have all of these. We already have this many wa- viewers. Yeah. But uh, that's that's all the all the streaming news that I got right now. That's all the TV news that I got. That's all the TV news that's fit to print <laughs> in Time Magazine. In Time, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think we I think we covered it all for now, and now it just uh, remains to be seen if soon we'll be deleting our data from data brokers and subscribing to twelve more video streamers mm-hmm. because it's 2019 and ten years ago. We didn't have any of these options, but we looked younger, and that is how we bring it full circle. Ah, that was 
That was an excellent way to tie it all together. You're, <laughs> a, you. you're a master of the medium, Micah Surgeon. Ah, ha, ha. Thank you very much. And now I must wish you well in this very tumultuous reign. You must uh, brave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bye. Alrighty, bye.